Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Selma, directed by Ava DuVernay and released in 2014. The plot of the movie is... A chronicle of Martin Luther King's campaign to secure equal voting rights via an epic march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama in 1965. I have so many feels about this, Katie. I love I know. this so, so much. And, I know. And, and, and that's all. I have many feels. I knew you were going to like this more than I did while we were watching it. Yeah, because um, you were like making jokes and not taking it seriously. And I was sitting there going, oh, shut up, Katie. Not just because of that. It The things that I don't... That that I think might have been slight flaws in it, which I really liked it as well. But the the, the flaws that I saw in it, and were never going to be anything that you would have a problem with. And so I knew from that that you were going to love this movie. Yeah, all the things you don't like, like the speechifying and the wordiness, are like like catnip to me. Yeah, I think the only reason that I think that is a problem that it is much too wordy, much too enamored of his words and the words that were written in the script and the paragraphs of text that must have been in there for everybody to have the monologues they have is that it's a little too slow for a movie. Maybe if it was a TV show, it would be a different situation, but it was, the movie was a little bit over long and the timing was really off in it. Do you um, know, I didn't even notice that it was long. Yeah, and I, I know. did not get bored. Not I even know. a little bit. Like, we were a tiny bit late at the start, but I don't think we actually missed anything because every recap I can find tells me that it started with him getting his Nobel Prize. Yeah. So I don't think we missed anything there, but it did not feel long and I did not even remotely get bored. And it was so relevant and there was so much in there that was I – d- I learned a lot. I Afterwards, when I got home, I was – I then did some of the work that clearly DuVernay wants you to do, which is I looked up who all these other people were, who all the people around Luther King who were who were also involved in the movement and you know, the roles of women in the movement and all this kind of stuff and, and some of the stuff about Coretta Scott King's work because she was a really um, incredible activist in her own right and I just, like, I really, really loved it. You know, Carmen Ejogo, Ejogo, I don't Ejogo. know, Ejogo has played um, Coretta Scott King twice. Yes, yes. Uh, first which is not surprising. She looks Mrs. just like King. her. Yeah. Um, she's also British. Yep. Just like when I wrote the review, I named four actors. Every one of them was British. Yeah, so there's a lot. That's what I was I was thinking about that because we've been noticing this. There's a lot. But both of our leads, David Oyelowo, who plays Martin Luther King, and, and his wife, um, played by Carmen Ejogo, are both British. And then we've got Tim Roth as Governor Wallace. We've got Tom Wilkinson as President Lincoln, not Lincoln, President Johnson. Lyndon Johnson, yeah. yeah. So where that came from. Um, it's an interesting choice. Um, and I know um, DuVernay's been asked about this and she says that it just sort of like that's just how the audition played out. David Oyelowo were, was attached to this for years, like seven years. Yeah, because he looks filming. like him. He does. And, um, but I mean, like plenty of other there's been plenty and he of other actors who've played just this part like, like him. So no, but it's it's also he sounds just. Yeah. you could close your eyes and think you were listening. And they to do him that. They actually face. bring in some real um, speeches. Although I think there were some issues around the rights to the speeches. The king, the surviving king children, are involved in like ongoing fights about the rights to the speeches and stuff. And I think the film had some trouble getting rights, so a lot of them are slightly rewritten for this. But I think there's some real recordings that get played in there. I think that's another thing that uh, there's a lot of the speeches and they are played out in full and they are like and and there's quite often these conversations or bits of expository dialogue that will happen like over a visual that doesn't match it where 
And this is what happens. This is the rhythm of this movie, right? What happens is you have a big moment, a march, a protest, a moment of violence or something. And then the next scene will be a very dimly lit scene at night of Martin Luther King in a conversation with one other person or sitting by himself. And then you will hear a whole lot of dialogue while this scene is going on, but they're not actually saying the dialogue in the scene. And he'll, you know, walk through the house and turn lights off and stuff like that. Or like they'll start out with the conversation, but then after that, it'll be the talking over these other things. And that's the rhythm of this movie. And then it'll build up to a speech, right? It'll come down a bit. It'll build up to a protest or something. And then it drops back off in energy again. And I think that, it's partly to do with Ava DuVernay's kind of newness. Mm. Um, it's partly to do with um, the 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 fact that she is that the movie is very enamored with the script and mm. with these the words and and the words are words that you would never hear normal people say because it's all so rich dialogue and so. Don't you think it's funny? Yeah, when he, when he's talking in like a normal scene with people, it almost sounds like he's rehearsing for a speech. Yeah. It's kind of funny. But the other people do too. Yeah. Everybody in this movie is is using very, very, you know, important language to discuss things. I just imagined them having pancakes one morning and just talking about the pancakes in the way they talk yeah. about everything else. Uh, this but is, I feel it, it had that kind of Aaron Sorkin-esque yeah, vibe to speech it. To, yeah, it, it was very West Wingy. I totally agree with that. And and it's not really it's just I just thought it was a bit too much like of the that kind of drop off of energy in that it, the timing was off of it and it played a little too long because they didn't know when to cut a speech. Okay. They didn't know when to stop having the dialogue. They didn't know when to – they wanted the whole thing to play out. And that's the only real complaint I have. Now we can talk about how great everything was because yeah. everything else is great. I, it's I do, just that one thing where yeah, there I can are a couple see of, – I can think of like one speech that went a little long when he's – what's his name? Jesse – Jesse Lee Jackson? Not Jesse. No, Jimmy, no, no. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy. Lee, Jimmy Lee Jackson's funeral. Yeah. Um, that one because it, it's – that really crescendos at the start and it's a really – I nearly said Michael Brown's funeral – because that's what it made me think of. I was like, he could be like you. You insert the different name and you know change the suits, and that's what he could be talking about. And that so it was incredibly powerful mm. in the sense of a movie that's coming come out in two thousand fourteen slash fifteen. Yeah, you can but see now why it's not nominated for any Oscars. By it the is way, far too challenging to the status quo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I, although it's so good, like mm-hmm. I just I feel I feel for them, but also like you, they know they're doing something right if they've challenged people this much. I mean, it is nominated for Best Picture, but it's not going to win. And you can see why Ava DuVernay didn't get the nomination and stuff. This is much, much too challenging and much too uh, angry with white people to be something that that gets nominated. And also, um, one of the things I really loved about this movie, um, now that I've gotten the other stuff out of the way, is how much of everybody else we get, how much of all the supportive people and how brave they are and how how important they are. And I think having Ava DuVernay as the director really changed how much of a say the women get in it, and it's terrific. We have – it passes the Bechdel test. Right. And, um, yes, exactly. Easily. Bechdel test. I can never say that right. You said it right the first time. Oh, damn Um, it. Yeah, and you've you've got like – Coretta Scott King in all of her complexity, and you've got uh, Amelia Boynton and um, Annie Lee Cooper. So, so that was um, 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 the girl, from, the woman from um, Orange Is the New Black. No. She's injured on the bridge, and they're like, "We're going to do this for you, Miss Amelia." Okay, I'm just getting yeah. crazy. So, no, no, she's a real person. She's like, no, I believe yeah. you. I just, I was like, I'm sure that's not. I would have noticed because of the 
book thing. Yeah, no, Lorraine Toussaint. <laughs> Maybe it's the character. Miss Amelia and that's what threw yeah, me they, off. Yeah, it threw I, me. I got confused because there was Annie and Amelia and they kind of looked alike. Um, I actually thought Oprah Winfrey had the weakest performance in this movie. <laughs> well, probably, but, you know. No, because she like, got it made. She, I know, but, the, you know, she, she kind of overacts her first scene when she goes to the to mm-hmm. the to get registered. And I thought it was weird because it didn't quite sit right with the rest of the movie. Um, anyway, it yeah, doesn't it really didn't... matter because she got it made and and everything else was great. I, did, just... I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't really bothered by her because she she's not really in it that much. I know, anyway. and it's not a bad performance um, or anything. Yeah, it's just, and it, another... everybody, I think it was only because everybody else was so strong mm. that it stood out. Yeah, because everybody else is great. Oh yeah, they are, and I'm. It's basically it. This movie took so long to get made. It had a, basically a whole cast change, and um, the only person Ava DuVernay kept on was um was David Oyelowo in the lead. Everybody else, all the rest of the cast changed. And like, it was going to have to have Liam Neeson in it as Governor Wallace. And like, Tim Roth did a good job in that. I, I think it's one of those things where they, it happened, <laughs> it happened the way it should have. Yeah. Because everybody that's what is I mean. so good Everybody in this. who actually came and did this part, they did the parts was really, really good. And I, the when I read the voices. alternative casting was just like, yeah. The voices in this movie are incredible. Like, they have these this timber to them and the, the accents are flawless and the whole thing just sounds like it actually happened in the 60s and, and like, everybody is delivering all of the di- this rich dialogue with rich voices yeah. and it could have been a radio play. I mean, you could just listen to this movie and yeah, it would be great. Yeah, except that it was beautiful. Like, the sh- it was amazing. Oh, I know. The shot, like, there were these beautiful uh, – it had this really clean feel to it. Like, it didn't – there was no sort of cruft in frame. It was all really, like, slick and – and gorgeously yeah. shot. Um, so I was happy to Apart look from at it. it not being lit well enough. In some scenes, yes. No, yeah. it, it just annoyed me because he was, there was especially one scene where he's going through the house and he turns the light off. And I was like, we already couldn't see anything. And then the screen actually goes black for a second before he walks out of the room. Now, fade to black is something in, in cinema. You know, when, you, when the screen goes black, that means the scene is over. Mm. So that just, that, that's stupid. It yeah, just irritated I, I, me. I don't like really dark scenes either because it's hard to see what's going on. But I think I'm um, unnecessarily really dark yeah, scenes. I think the voices, words thing though, like I, I know it's to you, you, it's a conceit of the director or a conceit of the, the film that's too enamored of its words. But I think there's something about these characters and their words. I think like all of these people, all of these activists were, had a background in the church where they, really understood the power of a good speech and well, a good sermon. I mean for- and so I think there's something in there and, and and there's also something in there about the use of words as weapons like the the part part of the non-violence ethos is around really honing and crafting the weapons of their speeches and of their words. Yeah, that's not what I was referring to in that, but also, I mean, that doesn't make sense for minor characters who still sound like they're speechifying. I mean, Coretta's got a whole, like, when she's talking, when she's uh, confronting Martin in their house, that's like a, a speech yeah, that, was, that you that would was give. actually one of the ones that did jar with me a little yeah. bit. So that, I feel I like mean, that scene like would not have been quite so well, it would not have been so It's smooth. like a play. It is very yeah, much like a play. and it's not like it is a conceit of the movie. It is a conceit of the movie, but it isn't a, necessarily a bad one or anything. But it is something that like about the words in this movie and about how they're brought to life and stuff. But at the same time, like I'm not complaining; they were amazing. I mean, it sounded terrific. Like and and that um, that wasn't necessarily bad. I mean, just watching that this the, the conversation that Lyndon Johnson and, and Wallace have mm. is incredible. Yeah. I loved that scene. I really like how nobody is just let off the hook. Every 
every person feels like a real person. They've all got contradictions. They all have like you see Lyndon Johnson's journey from where he's from his like you can see he's a remains throughout the whole thing a political pragmatist. And he has a change of heart that means he he eventually supports them and puts through the Voting Rights Act. But you see that happen and you see it happen in all its messiness. Like you see him not get things right and, and you see him kind of want to do something and not want to do something and, and struggle with it. And you see Wallace as well, like the way he struggles with it. And Wallace later did have a change of heart. Like he turned around and became someone who really supported civil rights in the end, like after it was safe for him to do so almost. But you, you sort of – no, nobody's perfect. Like everyone's got a parts of them that are good and bad and nuanced to yeah, it. Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to say about that. Firstly, the controversy over Lyndon Johnson doesn't seem earned by this movie at all because no. he's actually quite a. He's not a bad guy in it. Not, they don't not at per- all. They don't portray him in a negative light necessarily. I they mean, portray- he's somebody he's, who's really struggling with a lot of hard things that are going on. He seems like a real politician, and I was thinking of. Um, because, of course, like you can't not think of the last six months and Ferguson and Eric Garner and all the stuff that's gone on when you watch this. I was thinking of President Obama and his quite weak response to Ferguson. And I was thinking about like it just it made me think of he, it made him seem like a real politician because that's what real politicians do. They hedge their bets and stay on this side of whatever they think is safest until they're absolutely forced to act. And he, he just, it just seems so realistic but there's, there's to me. There's reasons. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's reasons behind what he's doing. Like, he's right. right. There are a million things that are going on in the country that aren't just what's happening in Selma. And he has to kind of juggle all of them. Right. And, 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 and we and see what's going on there. But I mean, a politician and, is being, is very different to being an activist. Yeah. And that's how it should be. And that's fine. But, it, and, and it shows that. And I think yeah. it shows that in a very, like, but it also it doesn't cast way. him in an unsympathetic light, so I don't know, know why. Yeah. I mean, the controversy just seems like the, it's know, been contra- drummed, up, drummed up in order yeah. to discredit so the movie I did a little, and Ava. A little digging on the and on the, on the so-called controversy, and um, it's basically generated by two people, both of whom were Johnson's staffers. So was both, one of them Giovanni Ribisi? Mm, no, he's he's passed away now. He's oh, okay. um he died last year, but um. It was yeah drummed up by two people. One of them who is head of the Johnson Memorial, Johnson Presidential Library, and, and another one who I can't remember. Both of them were very close to Johnson, and have clearly lionized him like in the forty mm. something years since he died. And I think there's issues of perspective there because I don't. Nobody else has that reaction. Like not I've not heard it from Johnson's children who are still around, and from other people who lived through the period. It's from two very specific, very heavily partisan people mm. who've got a very strong interest in making Johnson into this perfect hero. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, he's a white guy in the black movie and he's yeah. not totally sympathetic is probably like, the main issue around I, that. But it is really unfair to the movie. Um, mm. The other thing I wanted to say was I like how you get to see – that there is dissent within the black community oh, yes. without it ever being something where somebody's a bad guy or somebody's doing the wrong thing, you know, like it's, it's a really interesting and, and like it, it shows that there's room for these complexities in a movie. And I think condensing the time period to just being about Selma was a really good play yep. because it still gives, gives us a terrific idea of who Martin Luther King was, but also who all these other people were and what was really going all, on. All and the, yeah. All the other organizations like SNCC and, um, 
um um, um uh, that Malcolm X. Every time they said Snick, I giggled. I, so yeah, bad. I didn't know what that was until afterwards, and then I was like, No, they the say student- it early. Well, no, I heard them say Student Nonviolence Coordinating Committee, and, and then I heard them say Snick, and I didn't understand. Like, I didn't put it together because yeah. I thought there would be a V in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like that because if you're in in any way know anything about social justice, like you you live that every day all the different you know um, disagreements in the feminist mm. community or in the, the you see it in the disability community you see it in all any kind of activist or even like progressive movement so clearly probably any political movement i've just never been involved in any conservative ones there's always going to be like divisions and people have different ideas about tactics. Yeah, and I think one of the things at the moment is we don't actually have a galvanizing figure in a lot of these areas, but mm-hmm. Martin Luther King was a galvanizing figure and you can see that he is so uh, so charming and so good with his words and he just wins people over. You know, he just he just does it yeah, effortlessly. He has, well, when he, he speaks, everybody falls silent and listens. And he's, he's very yeah. charismatic. And he's really good at it. Like there's, it's, I don't think it's an accident that he's a preacher. I think yeah. he's he's got really like he's got some natural charisma but he's also got these really fantastic learned skills yes. of how to really raise an audience. And yeah, I think there's both of those move, working yeah. together in creating yeah. him and, as and a I think, person. And I think the the other thing about him being a preacher is that it gave him a real like ac- grassroots access into the community, which meant that that's a lot there's a lot of respect to be held there. But I think there's also really interesting about um Malcolm X and his role in this, like mm. this is just around the period where he was assassinated and it Yeah, he t- appears and he died three weeks died later. Just afterwards. And, and this is all all going on at the same time. And that his role of almost like pushing white people to f- to find Luther- Martin Luther King comforting mm. in contrast to his kind of way of way of doing things like he he's almost like i will scare them so much that you'll seem like a reasonable i have to voice. say i really feel like that was a um a, a kindness to him and something that maybe wasn't totally his idea but that is something that is an academic thought that happened after the fact i wonder that because although it's interesting that it's coretta that does that bit of negotiation because coretta was just slightly more, I think, politically progressive than King. Although, of course, she got to live longer. So she lived long enough to start getting involved in like anti-apartheid and in gay rights movements and things like that, where as King, you know, he he was cut down in the prime of his life. But I think it's interesting that she but there undertakes is that negotiation as well. Like there's, anyway. the, there's also some stuff that he said about Vietnam and people returning from Vietnam mm. that's a little bit um, less progressive and things. So it seems yeah. like... But you also see King talking about the systems of oppression and the problems yes. with the capitalist system and the and money and the problems of money. Yes, but there's also things like he, he uh, wasn't the most feminist of people. No, and Coretta stood up to him in his lifetime and afterwards and did a lot of this is why Coretta is so amazing because she did a lot of work to kind of get the women's names out there to to let people know all the work that these women did yeah and the movie does a pretty good job of of, you know making us see Diane Nash and Amelia Boynton and Coretta and you know I'm excited about this but Tessa Thompson was in this movie as Diane Nash and she was great and I loved seeing her and I really want to see dear white people yeah, and all three of those women, like um, Coretta Scott King and, and um, uh, Tessa Thompson's what was her name, Diane Nash and, and Amelia Boynton, were like huge figures of civil rights and women's rights. Yeah. And they all really like were amazing people and, and Coretta definitely did a lot of work to make sure that that was, that was known and she did fight with her husband about that. Yeah, I was just thinking about the that Annie Cooper scene at the beginning. Mm. I think that's another 
example of not very good timing things going on because there's such long pauses between the questions and the answers and unnecessarily long so that Oprah Winfrey can act in between them and anyway. I just, I just wasn't bothered by that scene at all. <laughs> um, also, I figured out what I, where I saw Jimmy Thompson before he was in Short Term 12 which was that movie I saw last year that was oh, amazing. Oh, that you really liked. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he was good in that too. Um, uh, and, and really amazing. Like all of these minor characters are really great. Um, that guy from the Michael J. Fox show. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was um, really playing good. Playing Hosea Williams. I can't remember the actor's name off the top of I'm my head. I'm glad you've looked up all this stuff. I didn't um, look up all this stuff. I, I wanted to I, – I really thought it would be disrespectful if I didn't know who all these people were, so I spent last night – researching all, who all the people were in real life. Um, That's why I went down the rabbit hole of finding out who Amelia Boynton was and finding out she's still alive. Well, I, found, I just got confused because there's like every other guy is called John or James. And there's lots of people who's got the last name Jackson and there's, yeah, yeah. it's confusing. So it, it, it kind of um, lost me. There was, there, were, there was an important John and James who are part of SNCC who had this whole thing play out between like mm. whether or not it was a good thing to have Martin Luther King there, um, the damage that that was going to do to the community as opposed to the Ben benefits to it and things like that. And mm. the guy who was against Martin Luther King was played by a guy called either Trey or Tri Byers. And, and he had amazing arms. Oh my God. Get that guy a superhero <laughs> franchise immediately. He's like six foot something tall, hotter than hell, and like amazing, built like a superhero. Oh. That guy needs his own superhero franchise yeah. immediately. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. But yet, um, I, I liked him. <laughs> Which you knew while I was watching it. Um, but also, like, the guy who played Andrew Young. Mm. Why I remember that name and none of the others, I don't know. But he was great. Um, Lorraine Toussaint was great. Yep. Just every single person really kind of brought their A game to this, you know? They really, really The did. old dude was great. The the grandfather of Jimmy. Oh, gosh, yeah. That scene, like, in the morgue, I started to tear up. That was uh, so well done. And he's... And and you you leaned over to me and you said his glasses are too small and I was like oh fuck sake Katie shut up and then but what I was really thinking was yes because that's part of the characterization because he's poor and it's the South and he doesn't have adequate access I to healthcare know. it's just like, one of those like again I I was not that into that scene so I was like. I was not paying attention to what they were saying. I'm sorry. This is what this is the thing is that like I it's just a different taste, I think. Like I like movies that you know move. Yeah, I think I don't know, I just that's that got to me because I follow a couple of awesome ladies on Twitter who are both black mothers and I've really started to get a sense of what it must feel like to be a mother of a black, young black man. And yeah, there's but that's so the thing is many you don't get to mothers. see her. Yeah, I think it I feel like it would have been more affecting if it was her. And also, I think it went, there might be part Martin of the historical King. accuracy, though, because I think what happened was it, the grandfather became the family spokesman and yeah. spoke to the media and spoke to King and all that kind of stuff. But also, I think Martin Luther King made that so much about himself that it kind of bothered me and I didn't really enjoy it very much. So yeah. th- that's why so I didn't find it was, affecting. And that I just was got. Actually, brings me on to something is that, like, Martin Luther King's kind of a dick. Like,. <laughs> He's a great man, and and I kind of touched on this when we're talking about theory of everything. But the problem with great men is that they spend all their time on their greatnesses, and he was like he really was focused on his goal to the detriment of just everything else and everyone else. I don't agree with that in the context of this movie because he there's very specifically many scenes where he's like, "Am I doing the right, right. thing?" But and he so, has to be reassured and he has to. But also, it's 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 you know he has doubts and that humanizes him a lot. Right, and that makes it, it more it, interesting. That's what I was saying before about it just being a real 
everyone's real people and yeah. he very it's very kind of accurately shows the difficulty of being close to somebody who is so central to to a movement who's so dedicated to his cause so that was part of what was so good about it is that it, he's a person he's not perfect he treats other people so, sometimes he's he's so arrogant and he really dominates rooms and he he doesn't treat his wife very well. He doesn't treat women very well. But that doesn't mean he's not a great man. Mm. And and it's kind of like the movie as a whole. There's things in the movie that aren't perfect. Doesn't mean it's not a great movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I think, but I mean, just because I am a film critic and I do tend to, I think with this movie especially, there's a lot of things where I think you tend to look at the message and I'm looking at the structure and this the- is and my I you're a detail person. I'm a yeah. big picture person. So yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, and I and I think they're both perfectly valid. And I I also think about the message a lot. But I think um, we just have different ways of approaching. We it. do, and I just like to talk about that stuff as well, so that we can get that out of the way and then talk about the other stuff. Mm. Because I do, I I did really enjoy the vast majority of this movie. I thought it was really really well done. There were some really terrific shots too, on a technical standpoint. Like um, there's one. I think the DOP. I can't remember his name, but he was great. Mm. There's the shot that comes up over the name of the bridge mm. and it like the, so it goes up to the bridge so we can't see what's going on on the bridge and then it goes over the bar where yeah. the name is yep, and you yep. can see everybody walking up terrific shot really beautifully shot I think it uses music in really good interesting ways I hated the credits which is such a weird thing to yeah, say Yeah I don't didn't get I didn't have a problem with the credits I don't know why you hated them Um I think it might have been an overload of that exact same thing happening the credits were like the movie in that you had this rap song being performed by Common, right? Yeah, who um, was in, the, in it as James Bevel. With all these important words in it. And then you had these things that were going on on screen that had happened in the movie. And it was very much a, like, look how great this movie is, Oscar-grabbing thing. Like Argo. Do you remember the yeah. credits for Argo were like that? This very kind of Yeah, and Oscar- then they, had the, they put in pictures of the real people. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what it reminded I, I, me I was of. so not bothered by that because I had like, I, I totally – Fall for that kind of stuff, but yeah, yeah. no, I. It's such a, it's so, such a ridiculous, it, it, yeah, stupid thing. Bradford to Young complained about, but annoyed me. By the way, okay, so Bradford Young did a great job. Yeah, oh, just um, very good beautiful. cinematography, apart from the lighting, and and the costuming was so great. Totally looked like the era. Mm. Um, the way that they used the town and the space was really nice. Mm. Um, you really got a sense of what the town looked like and what it was like so, and what yeah. it felt like to so be I there. I believe Ava DuVernay grew up in that area. Like ah. She grew up in Alabama, so I think and she knew that place. Um, she wasn't born when this happened; she was born later. But she really has a she really knows where she is. Yeah, it was very, very pro-religion too. It's very yeah, religion. The sixties civil rights movement was r- rooted in religion, yeah. right? And that's, but I think that's how not it just was. that, but like all the uh, the priests and nuns and stuff who come to support them and things like that was yep. um, but very that's what happened. In, I'm not complaining. Yeah. It's actually interesting that how it was the, the other religious or progressive religious types who were their white supporters. Yeah, and the, the white priest who because, died and um, stuff. Well, yeah, because the, the white um, reverend who died, the woman who uh, vile or something, the white woman who's yeah. driving them back got murdered after that speech, she was also – a religious woman in the same church as that other reverend. It was it was good about that. Like it act, that was the thing. Like it makes white feel, people feel good because there's all these. The reason they finally get the march going is that enough white people get behind them and 
that's why I, d- I didn't feel threatened or challenged as a white person. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I don't really understand. I, I don't think the point is to make white feel people feel bad. But what we, even, but even we were talking what Martin Luther King start. was doing, it was more about you need to stop being complicit in this and yeah. start supporting us yeah, rather than yeah. a you should well, feel I, I think, I think bad. I think going back to the start where, where we talked about how it's ch- too challenging for Oscar voters. Part of the reason that it's too con- challenging for them, though, is because it – so relevant now and that's the thing is that like i had gamergate thoughts watching right, me this too, because i had because thoughts about what happened Martin. to the voters the voters were got doxxed that's michael. what happened to them michael Sorry. brown in michael Ferguson. brown yeah yeah um, well that's right that the funeral of that young man who was right killed. like i had thoughts about the all police this stuff brutality now yeah um, and the, yeah, the doxing thing was yeah. really interesting because that's what the gamergators use as harassment yeah. tactics and, now, and, and, and all and all the harassment as well, like all the death threats and stuff. That's what's happening. But don't you to know the, that that's not real harassment? The women Jeez, who are at the who are at the sort of pointy end of gamergate. Yes, and and comparing the two may not seem uh, entirely um, accurate to a lot of people because you know women aren't dying or anything. Um, but at the same time, this you know is playing out. In other ways, and black black men are dying. Yeah, and black uh, women are dying. Black women are dying. Little little children, are, black children are dying. Uh, it, it's it's so relevant now because this is happening now. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's challenging. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's the show. Uh, I'm giving Selma four stars. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm giving it five because I loved it. Did you want to talk about anything else about the movie? Um, I, I think we kind of covered everything. Like it's amazing and it's done really well and it's really really relevant but yeah i don't think there's anything else to to really cover just go and watch it especially if you have any interest in social justice which if you're listening to this you probably do but even if you aren't and you just like good movies go watch selma because it's a good one and Mm. it's one of the best ones currently nominated for an oscar so yeah uh, yeah exactly there's it's a really thin field this year and this is probably the best What's the other one? That, oh, yeah, Imitation Game is the only one, the one that I liked, and I liked Selma more than Imitation Game. Oh, yeah, considerably more. Um, yeah, so anyway, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Selma or any of the other movies that she watches, that's on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. If you uh, want to find us on social media, we're all over the place. Tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com, at screen underscore queens on Twitter. And we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash silverscreenqueens. Thank you for listening. Bye. Why wasn't Nightcrawler nominated? Bye.